Hello, everyone. I had a great conversation with Bill Bice, the big enchilada at Boomtime. We talked about how to build stronger relationships with your prospects so they become customers that are raving fans. Before we go into the episode, I want to tell you about NeuroBoosters. It's my web app that allows salespeople to decide how they want to show up in sales. So they get the help they need when they need it. Think of it as software for your mind. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Get ready for another great episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. This is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Hello, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of having Bill Bice, the CEO of Boomtime, and Zebra Works with me today. Bill, welcome to the program. Umar, it's great to be with you. We live in interesting times. As you know, sales has always been a challenging thing to do, but now with the world being shut down, it's more important than ever. Uh, are you seeing any change in the climate right now in terms of how customers are thinking, reacting? Well, it's, it's been incredible because, I mean, the way I look at it is, Whatever trends you've been following in in your industry, the industries of your of your clients, it's just been all accelerated, right? Whatever, wherever you were expecting to be ten years from today, you're you're there now. We're all we're all living in terms of of the impact on our business ten years in the time frame of of one year, and and if you look at it that way, there's you know there's actually incredible opportunities that come out of that. Give me an example for your company. What's an opportunity that's come up for you guys? Well, you have so you know we specialize in in high end B two B marketing, and B two B is a space that is is traditionally really reliant, particularly on you know on high value sales, you know, on face to face. So you're going to to conferences, to trade shows, to events, to networking events. Well, all of a sudden that has just all disappeared, and so you know frankly this has been great for our business because you have to move to our approach to marketing now. Since that's been since that's been taken off the table, and and I don't think it's I mean we're all gonna there's gonna be this pent up demand we're all we all want to get back out into the world, but it's never gonna come back to the same way it was because we're all learning how to do business with less travel less expense in a lot of ways it's it's much more efficient, and so let's just take the the obvious example of of LinkedIn as your replacement for those networking events, and that's exactly how I look at LinkedIn it's it's the ideal networking event. I get to meet only the people I want to. I get to do it in the in the right context. I don't have to eat horrible food while I'm there. It's vastly more scalable and efficient. And so if I've got a niche product and and I know who my audience is and I've got a good definition of who I want to get to, now all of a sudden I can connect with every single one of the ideal prospects for my company and then and then talk to them, you know, forever after. Where I'd like to start this conversation is many of the clients you're working with, I suspect, have been around for a while and are profitable and making money and all that stuff. True statement? Yes, absolutely. And then they come to you and you get them get them to see uh, the world in a different way. And oftentimes you help them get more strategic with their marketing. What do you think the disconnect is with companies when they 
don't quite get it and you guys help them. So let's take a look at that first, then we'll go into the platform and figure out, you know, how we can all do better. Yeah, so what often happens is you have a company that that has has really done all the hard work, right? They they take care of their their clients, they have referrals coming back in, but you know, things have started to to plateau and maybe don't really even understand why that is. That's the kind of business that I love to work with because they're they're already doing the most important part. They're taking care of their clients, they have referrals, they just want more of them. And the beautiful thing about us all being connected is that we can take this really core thing that that has always worked. It's really it's the best form of marketing, word of mouth. And now we can really amplify it because we're in this digitally connected world. And and if you've had a traditional sales approach that's driven by, you know, connections and salespeople out, uh, you know, just wandering, wandering about uh, around the planet, making that jump to how you can take that same approach, but do it online in a digital world. That's a really important transformation to go through. And it's, you know, it, it can be a pretty dramatic change in the, in the trajectory of your business if you do it well. Uh, you've got some case studies online. Uh, one, you walk us through one of those customers that came in, what they were doing, and then walk us through what you did to help them be more effective. Yeah, and it, it's really there's a there's a commonality in all of those uh, case studies. So what what we're really doing is the is the same thing over and over again, which is taking um, it's essentially the techniques out of the out of the challenger sale, which is taking a very consultative approach to sales in using insight and perspective-driven content to create sales opportunities that, that otherwise wouldn't happen. And so the best way to do that is talk to all the, the uh, clients today, past clients, every prospect you've ever had. If you stay in front of them over and over again, and, and you move from a model of instead of selling yourself and, and just start sharing expertise that's beneficial to them, it's amazing how effective that is in generating more referrals. And so it's just moving from a, from a sales model to an educational and, and consulting model. You know, and, and consultants get 10 times more referrals than, than salespeople do. So if we move your sales team to taking that approach, it is really, it's really amazing how that can change the kind of relationship and the, and the success that, that your team has. And we're in a, we're in an age now where because there's so much information available online, the where your prospects are at when you get to them, you know, it's great if you're the leader in your market and you just want to be an order taker and you can be in that position. But we work with smaller companies that just don't have that benefit. So you've got to be part of that process. And, and this is really the only way to effectively do it. And what you're doing is creating new sales opportunities by changing somebody's perspective about something important in their business. And so you'll see that sort of in every case study we have of really leveraging what that business's deep expertise is. They, they tend to be niche businesses where, you know, you're working with uh, hundreds or thousands of companies that are very similar. And because of that, when you're sitting down with the CEO of that company, there's a tremendous amount of perspective you can bring to them because you see it across their whole industry where they're, you know, they're the CEO, but they're stuck in their one company and, and sitting there running that business. And so that, that's the approach that we've just found to be uh, amazingly successful in this kind of high value B2B space. One of the areas that you help people figure out is their website, because oftentimes companies have pretty websites. 
What are some of the things that you make sure are done properly so the website actually converts visitors to customers? Yes, yeah, that's, that's one of the areas that really drives me nuts because websites are almost always designed backwards. It's let's create something that's really beautiful and then figure out how to put our message into that. And, and, and of course, it really needs to be the, the reverse. Let's figure out what we want to communicate and then come up with the best design to do that. And particularly important in that design is is controlling the customer journey because you're going to be telling your story over time. And so a great specific example of this, you know, the, the second most visited page on your website in the space that we're talking about, it's always the about us page. So homepage is number one. The first thing that a prospective client wants to know is who's behind the company. So they're searching out to find the about us page. And so if you go pick some random company you're working with today, one, they're very likely going to make it difficult to, to, to figure that out, even though that's the number one thing somebody wants to know. And then two, when you do find the About Us page and you and you scroll to the bottom of it, so first of all, it's going to be filled with, with boring bios that don't really do a good job of tying the right. story together. And then you get to the bottom of the page and there's just nothing there. Like you're leaving the prospect to go figure out, okay, what what is it I want to know next? What we want to do is control that customer journey and tell that story. Let's take them to the next natural step in the in the process of, of really explaining why you're great at what you do. And so if you just do that, if you just really look at the customer journey across your website and then get really focused on the number one thing we want, which is to capture the email address of that prospective client. So we get the opportunity to now talk to them over and over again and keep bringing them back. Just doing that has a dramatic impact on what what your conversion looks like. I'm just looking at my about page as we're talking. Somebody advised me to do this crazy thing, which was don't do the typical kind of about us. Just tell your story, Umar. So it's actually a lengthy journey from, you know, where I was born to where I am now. And I went kind of deep in it. And I'm kind of surprised how many people talk to me afterwards and says, I read the about page. They actually read the whole thing because it was an interesting conversational read. Intuitively, I would have said that doesn't make any sense, but reality is quite different. Well, it is. And I, I love what you're doing there because it's the advantage that a small business has. So, so often we see small businesses that try to do the reverse. They want to look big. And so they don't add that personal element. They don't talk about the management team and the, the passion for what you do and why you do it. And yet it's, it is the advantage you have. It's why somebody's going to choose you over that much larger competitor because they actually know who's behind the company. They know who's responsible for delivering the product or service to them. And, and they buy into why you're doing it. I mean, I mean, I'm a huge fan of that, you know, the, the, the standard Simon Sinek uh, why approach, because that's, that's really how you set yourself apart as a small business. If you come across a company, something like, you know, World Domination Incorporated, you know it's some guy in his underwear in his mother's basement. <laughs> and if it's a corporation called ABC Corp, you know they probably ruled the world. Exactly. And it, and it just doesn't work to pretend that you're bigger. You want you want to be professional. But the, the advantage you have is putting a face on the business and, and being who you really are. The website's the first place to fix to get clean messaging, you know, that's focused on the customer. If you've got this problem, you've come to the right place kind of messaging. So you, you've got uh, a good website built. One of the other areas to focus on is LinkedIn. And oftentimes everybody in the uncle has LinkedIn, but they don't use it effectively. It's a powerful tool. What do we need to know to get more value out of LinkedIn? Yeah, whatever you're doing on on LinkedIn today, you ought to, you ought to put 10 times more 
effort into it. And, and the key to it is to, is to take that networking event analogy all the way through. So there's so many people on, on LinkedIn that it would be like you met them at a cocktail party and they immediately pulled out their PowerPoint and, and went into a pitch. And it doesn't work in the cocktail party and it doesn't work in LinkedIn. Um, and, and, and there was a time when it worked. And, and so I understand why that strategy is out there, but it's, it, it's dead and gone. You, you really need to come in with the same goal that you have at any networking event, which is to build your network, bring value to that network. And if you do that and you're reaching out to the right people for the right reason, then you have the ability to build exactly the right network. And, and what we have found amazing, amazingly effective is, is to do that. And then every time somebody accepts a connection request for you. So our first goal is let's get, let's get a really high acceptance rate. So if you're just randomly sending out connection requests, you're going to get about a 15 to 20% right. acceptance rate. But if you optimize your profile and if you make sure you have a lot of connections in common with the ideal targets of, of who you want to get to, which means sometimes you need to build up and around your ideal customer before you actually reach out to connect with them. Because the, the biggest factors in whether somebody is going to connect with you, the number one is how many connections do you already have in common? If you have a lot of connections in common. A lot of people just accept the connection request based on that. And then the second thing is what's your headline, which you know shouldn't be just the boring what your position is at company X. It needs to show through what you are passionate about, what you're great at, so that people know why they would want to be uh, connected with you. And so if, if you do a good job of optimizing your profile and having personal messages when you're reaching out to somebody, then you can get a 45, 50% acceptance rate on a, on a regular basis. And then if you follow that up with a message, and so we'll often do it 24 hours after somebody accepts the message because a lot of you know a lot of people use LinkedIn at the same time every day, and then following up that up with a really great uh, piece of content that has performed well. That is, we call it a reframing article. It's another concept out of the challenger sale, where you take something specific that that you know about in uh, you know in your client's business. There's nothing salesy about it. It's just providing perspective and a different way to think about an important issue in their business. That's a great way to introduce who you are to them. And it's really effective to strike up conversations and, and build relationships, which then, then turn into to sales opportunities. So it's just the best way to, to prospect and build, uh, and build your network. How much time would you recommend, uh, let's say, a small business, you know, 10, 12 people, the person dedicated to LinkedIn, how much time do you think they should be spending a day on LinkedIn? Well, each, each profile that you're running a campaign for, and, and you really need to optimize the, so if you're, if you're going after two or three different markets, really tough to do that with one profile. You either do one market at a time, or you take, you know, the three most senior people in the company and, and optimize the profile for each market you want to go after. And if, if you're doing this yourself internally, you're going to need an hour a day for each campaign every day. And, you know, the goal is send out 40 to 50 uh, connection requests a day. You have to be using Sales Navigator in order to, uh, to do this effectively. And then the real key is that once you've built up that network, and it really starts to take off when you get, uh, you know, we see when you, we get to about 3,000 connections, you start to get some, some organic growth that just comes out of having that larger network. Right. But then the key is you've got to constantly create activity and, 
and be communicating with that network that you built. And that's where the, the content piece just becomes crucial. So you need a regular series of, of posts that, that take the same thing as that reframing article. It's just insight perspective driven content that helps your audience. There's nothing salesy about it. It's sharing your expertise and, and showing how good you are at what you do. When you're doing an article on LinkedIn, would you do the entire article on LinkedIn or would you do like a, a teaser on LinkedIn with a link to a blog post on your website? Well, both. That's one of the things that's really strange about LinkedIn's algorithm because you would think that they would put emphasis on pulse articles, which are, you know, when, when you put a blog article on, on LinkedIn, um, but they don't. It's, it's actually going to be the, the post that gets automatically generated out of you making a pulse article is going to be the worst performing post you can do. So uh, I recommend doing both. Put the content on LinkedIn because then it's good when somebody finds your profile and, and it you know, shows up in the profile of, of the articles that you've written. But what's gonna perform better is to then take that article, also put it on your website. Don't call it a blog, call it industry news or insights or, or something. Nobody, nobody reads blogs anymore. And, and then when you make that post, don't link directly to the article. It's, it's just by changing how you do your post, you can get four to six times more organic engagement. This part does make sense about LinkedIn's algorithm. When your post is the way that, that LinkedIn makes it easiest to do, which is to make an external link, um, that immediately devalues how much organic reach you're gonna get. And just by taking that same link and adding it to the first comment, you will get four, four times more organic opportunity for people to link and comment on your article. So four times more opportunity for it to, to take off and get more exposure. And really our goal there is what we, what we call everyday viral. Like we're not trying to hit something out of the park every once in a while. We want a regular flow of content that gets a nice level of exposure to this very specific audience that we care about. We've been speaking a lot about content. People tend to feel very protective about their expertise. Like, you know, this is my expertise. Somehow it's magical and wonderful and I don't want to give everything away. Uh, what we need to do is share our best stuff in the most powerful, compelling way and I think that generates a lot more business than being stingy about it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it is magical and special, which is why it's your best sales tool. And it's why you have to give it away. And so what, whatever you think is the most valuable advice you have, that's what should be the, the cornerstone of your content strategy. And, it, and it's, that's what you've got to give away for free. It's the best marketing you can do. Your clients still aren't going to want to do it. You can tell them everything about how to do it they're still not going to want to do it, but now they're going to know you really are the expert and they're going to come to you to actually get it done. So Bill, what are your thoughts about, uh, certainly you can write an article that is very formal and very proper, and you can also write an article that is very conversational and casual, still good content, but just the way it's delivered is more. If you and I were sitting at a coffee shop and we're having a conversation, any thoughts on, uh, which one performs better? Well, I think getting the, the voice right for your business and the, and the management team at the business, right? It's much more effective to do this with the management team. Everybody would prefer to connect to the CEO and the president. And, and so you, you run it for the management team and you create sales opportunities that you hand off to, to the sales team. So getting, getting that voice right is crucial. Um, in general, the, the more conversational approach is what we see uh, being more effective, the key is is to always be testing. I mean, I'm 
even with the hundreds of businesses that we do this for and all the data that we have to leverage, which, which gives us such a great starting point, I'm still surprised at the things that we learn because we're constantly testing. It's, it's really the only way to figure it out. And so if you're a law firm, it may, it may be that you need to be a little bit less conversational and, and let more of the you know, professionalism show through. But for, for most businesses, the more conversational approach is more open and is going to get more engagement. And, and that's what we're after. Right? We're, the reason we're doing all that testing is to figure out what gets us the engagement. And if we follow that through and see how people are using the website, once we get them to the website, understand how that customer journey is working, then the engagement is going to turn into, into sales opportunities. Brilliant. Because I think at the end of the day, it's if you can connect human to human or humanize your organization, people want to do business with humans and not so much uh, entities. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's the advantage we have as as small businesses. And, and so video is a great example of that. Like one of the great ways to get more leverage out of your content and, and this is a you know this is a tough thing to get uh, to get the management team to do, but we, we don't need high production value. In fact, it works better without it. So you sitting at your desk with your iPhone talking for sixty seconds about the same thing that you that you have an article going out about is just a great way to get more leverage out of uh, you know out of that same content. Definitely. Bill, if you were advising a, a brand new company that's starting up to get all of this stuff right, what advice would you, what are the top three things you would uh, get them to do? Well, so the, you know, the, the biggest mistakes that I see over and over again. So one is talking about yourself, which just doesn't work. The only thing that matters is, is what your audience cares about. The, the biggest problem in, in really every business, but it's particularly true in the startup is, is consistency. It's the hardest thing about marketing. I mean, most companies marketing is really just, uh, you know, a series of random acts of marketing. Right. And, and it's why marketing is so tough. It's why we all have this experience of, of spending money on marketing and not getting results. Because the only way you get an ROI is to pick a strategy and stick with it long term. And so I just see this over and over again where, you know, the first six months are laying a foundation and, and often you get lucky and, and have some nice results. But it's, it's really a year in where you really start to see the value of, of what you've created. And that's a tough thing to do if, if everything you've ever tried before for marketing was this sort of one-off thing that, that didn't work that well. And so the biggest problem that a startup has is, is you do these things and it starts to work. And because you're all doing it your, yourself internally, it, it does work. You get business and, and therefore the marketing gets ignored for a while and then things slow down again. And you just end up in this cycle that you never break out of. So the key thing you have to do is, is choose to put the long-term emphasis and priority on marketing so that you really get the, the success that, that you deserve out of what you're building. Brilliant. Bill, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot. I'm going to put all your contact information in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the program. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. It's been fun. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming 
and that is the fastest way to get better results.